Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. You are listening to Going for Goal, the weekly women's health podcast. My name's Roisin. I'm senior editor on women's health, and this is your weekly chance to plug in, be inspired, and get expert advice on how to achieve the health and wellness goals that matter most to you. Given that we're women's health, I can't believe it's taken us 35 episodes to devote a whole one to discussing periods. Yet, here we are. For a long time, the menstrual cycle was considered a bit of a messy, inconvenient business. A hindrance, basically, that women just needed to put up with. And across science and sport, the attitude was much the same. But over the past decade, there's been a rising tide of interest in actually figuring out how the menstrual cycle impacts women's performance. Now, from Megan Rapinoe's US football team that won the Women's World Cup last year, to the Chelsea squad here in the UK and the elite dancers of the Scottish Ballet, female athletes at the very top of their game are using the insights of endocrinology, that's the science of how hormones work, by the way, to train around their menstrual cycles and ultimately elevate their performance. Today's guest knows a lot about this topic. Her name is Dr Nikki Kay. She's a sports endocrinologist who conducts clinical research into this very area. On today's show, she tells women's health fitness writer Morgan Fargo all about how you can apply this science to get the most out of your training all month long. Over to Morgan. Hi, Nikki. Welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to have you here and to chat all things mental cycles. How are you doing? Well, thanks very much for the invitation. Also looking forward to it. I wanted to start with getting a little bit more background about you and your work and how you came to be a doctor and eventually specialise in fitness and particularly in sports and technology? Well, I was always very keen about sport, playing tennis, swimming competitively as a youngster, uh, and also ballet was my main thing. Um, so I was always involved in, in exercise um, and therefore very interested in, in the human body, how it works, why do you get better at ballet or, or swimming or what's going on. So that sort of inspired me to study medicine and then the objective was always to um, apply my medical knowledge, go back <laughs> to my dancer friends, uh, I'm an athlete, and try and apply that knowledge to them. I offer medical uh, advisory service to athletes, dancers, and I'm also involved in lots of research. I have been for many years uh, to do with athletes, hormones, uh, and equally dancers and their hormones. Looking at hormones specifically for women, they change throughout the month in regards to our menstrual cycle. Could you talk us through a little bit about how our bodies 
move with our menstrual cycle through the month, what this means for our exercise, and also if we should be tweaking how we are exercising because of it. Yeah, sure. Well, uh, I mean, first of all, just to say that um, hormones are invisible chemical messages running around in our body and our blood um, and pretty much controlled a lot of what's going on in, inside our body internally and also mood-wise and cognitive function as well. Um, so they're super important, uh, but they're quite complicated when it comes to the whip to women because most women, the average age of starting uh, menstrual cycles periods uh, is average is about 12-ish, give or take a couple of years. And, you know, we're going to have those periods up until the age of menopause, which is 51 on average, give or take a few years. So there's a lot of your life uh, when you're going to be having, uh, you know, these fluctuations in hormones. So, um, you know, it's really important as women that we understand what's going on. And so we feel empowered and we, you know, we can, as you say, adjust maybe what we're doing or we recognize certain things that are going on inside us. So each menstrual cycle is roughly um, 28 days, so a lunar month. Uh, and it starts at the beginning of the menstrual cycle, you have your period, your menstrual bleed, which on average lasts for about five days, more or less. Um, and then from then until about the midpoint of the cycle, roughly 14. These are, by the way, this is, I'm just giving you uh, ballpark numbers for the cycle. Okay. Everyone will be slightly individual, so don't get worried if you're, if you're 29 days or something. But this is just easier to divide up in mathematical terms. So if we say that 28 is an average length, um, the first five days of the cycle will be the menstrual bleed. And then from then until about day 14 or the time of ovulation, uh, we call that the follicular phase. So the little follicle in your ovary, the egg, is developing, getting a little bit bigger and ready to be ovulated. And then that's ovulated at day 14, more or less, or mid-cycle roughly. And then thereafter, from that time of ovulation until the start of the next menstrual bleed, that's called the luteal phase. Okay, So those are the sort of the key terms uh, you need to be aware of as a woman, your menstrual cycle, the total length, the first bit is the bleed, then you're building up to releasing the egg at ovulation in the middle, more or less, and then from then onwards, it's the luteal phase. Um, so that is the pattern, that's what's happening inside you, and that is accompanied with big changes in hormones. So, for example, in the follicular phase, um, estrogen tends to be the dominant hormone. I think everyone heard of estrogen, the female hormone, uh, but then after ovulation, progesterone starts increasing um, along with the estrogen. So there's a lot of fluctu there's a lot of things going on inside your body. So it's not surprising uh, that some women are more aware of this than others. I mean, some women, and I'm sure we all know, some uh, friends, uh, you know, they just sail through and they have no problem with the menstrual cycles and they're like, what's all this fuss? There's no problem. So if that's one of, if you're one of these people, great. But there are others who... Uh, the other end of the spectrum can, you know, notice these changes in hormones, uh, either because the actual levels are fluctuating quite a lot, there's a range of how, how much the hormones fluctuate, or just you personally, your body tissues are particularly sensitive to these changes in hormones. So, uh, I mean, the classic times when a woman might uh, have problems or feel uh, she's having an issue, obviously the menstrual bleed itself. I mean, you can get stomach cramps, as we know, and of course, you know, losing blood uh, can mean that your iron might be a bit low and you need to keep well, well hydrated. Uh, 
And during that time of the cycle, if you are suffering with uh, some cramps, then actually it has been shown in studies that doing something gentle, such as yoga, Pilates, um, I used to find swimming uh, as well, also sort of uh, stretching out the body. So doing something is better than nothing, because I know if you're in pain, you'd feel like you don't want to move. But actually, just doing something gentle just to keep things moving would be a, a good idea in during menstruation itself. Uh, then we have the follicular phase, uh, when the, the little egg's getting ready to be ovulated. Um, and typically, this actually can be a good time to exercise for some women. I don't want to, you know, this is, these are just very generalizations. Everything will be personal to the woman. Uh, and then just before ovulation, we know that there can be a slight increased risk of ACL, anterior cruciate ligament uh, injury. So if you are doing some sort of exercise that involves rapid change of direction, uh, you know, like football or something, uh, again, just be aware. Uh, you know, obviously, it doesn't mean you shouldn't go and train or do what you want to do. But, you know, uh, you should have hopefully already you're doing some strength and conditioning and proprioceptive work. So it won't be an issue. But it's just to be aware that that has been reported as a potential risk time. And then probably the luteal phase is when if you are going to have a problem as a woman, that might be when. Um, I think we've all heard of premenstrual syndrome. Um, and that is because the progesterone goes super, goes high, it reaches its highest point at around day 21, uh, and then it rapidly decreases. And it's thought to be this rapid change of the progesterone from high to low that can uh, trigger some symptoms in a woman. I mean, we know for a fact that after you ovulate, your body temperature goes up. I think, you know, that's one of the things with the people can have ovulation thermometers and, and measure the, the body temperature going up a little bit. So especially in this hot weather, it doesn't help, does it? So you might already be having problems sleeping or just feeling a bit hot. But actually, uh, so that could be one issue. Um, and, you know, the progesterone can also affect your mood. Uh, and that's that's all part of the premenstrual syn uh, uh, syndrome symptoms that you can experience. So again, I think really in terms of exercise so going back to your original question what about exercise recommendations i think the first thing to say um it's very very individual so uh you might be one of those women that don't have any problems so just carry on what you're doing if this is sounding familiar that oh yes actually i do get a lot of cramps during menstruation or actually i do feel a bit uh, a bit moody a bit off uh, maybe a little bit uh, fluid retention just before my period and then, you know, just be aware that actually this is unfortunately normal for some of us. And really, it's more a case of tailoring your exercise. If you have any flexibility in your exercise schedule, doing what you feel comfortable, I think, is really um, the most important thing. Absolutely. And I think it's so interesting how individual everyone finds their periods. Because I have some friends who will work out the same consistency all month. They've got no cramps. They yep. just sail through. Exactly. And I've got other friends who are really miserable before their periods, both anxiety yes. or just feeling yep. down. But if you were to exercise during your period in a gentle way or perhaps doing something a tiny bit more strenuous, is that going to put any extra stress on the body whilst you are bleeding? Uh, no, not really. I mean, actually, that's why I'm saying doing a gentle exercise and, and like I mentioned, swimming, sort of stretching out the body can actually help those cramps and let the help the muscles relax a little bit. Um, so it's certainly not going to do any harm. In fact, actually, as I said, it would probably help 
uh, if if you someone that gets cramps. So I think the main thing is how is to a certain extent how you feel. Uh, like you say, if you are someone that has menstrual cramps, you know, uh, just work out what works for you. But probably trying to go off for a sort of a ten k run would not be. <laughs> uh, well, you probably won't feel like that. But going for a gentle swim, if you can get to the swimming pool, or doing some gentle stretching, some gentle yoga, Pilates, that would help. And similarly, you know, the premenstrual issues uh, that some women get bef- to, in the two weeks lead up before their menstrual bleed. Again, tailor it for you. If you don't have any problems, don't go looking for them. But if you do feel, like you say, uh, a moody, a bit down, then sometimes actually doing some exercise. I mean, this is okay if you're a recreational exerciser or an amateur. Um, but I suppose, you know, for professional athletes and dancers, this becomes a little bit more tricky because you can't just turn up um, at the studio and say, well, actually, I don't fancy doing a class today. So, um, but nevertheless, uh, so whatever is possible and, and what flexibility there is, whoever you are in your training schedule, Um, take it into account for you and knowing your own body you know knowing making a note of it somewhere you know what's going on and how you feel and what's works what doesn't is the other thing you know if you tried this thing and it's like actually that pilates really helped then you know make a note of that um and uh so that's really knowing your own body and, and seeing what's possible absolutely i wonder you mentioned that there were times in the month where you might be more predisposed to injury or perhaps there are times when you should be lowering the intensity and getting ready for the bleed, for example. But when are the times in the month that women should be capitalizing on perhaps pushing their bodies that tiny bit further, going for a goal or attempting a new challenge? When would you say the best time for women to do that in their cycle would be? Well, I'm sorry to sort of sound a bit boring, but first of all, it depends on you. But in general terms, uh, most women say the sort of... uh, the later bit of the follicular phase, i.e. after the bleed and before ovulation. Some women say they feel really they're ready to go. Um, and equally, some people, after they have ovulated, before the progesterone gets very high or higher, you know, uh, some women say that, oh, yes, they really feel like they, they, they're ready to do something. Um, so those would be the general indicators. Um, but uh, I think it's really a case of find out if that's true for you. So if you make your own uh, sort of notes uh, and, you know, some um, sports teams and certainly Scottish Ballet, for example, there's one, uh, we are asking the dancers to record their menst- what's, where they are in their menstrual cycle um, together with, you know, how they're feeling uh, and how they're feeling in class. And then you can work out for the individual what's going to work for them. If you don't have the luxury of deciding when you're going to do your goal, for example, if there's a performance of Swan Lake, that's it in the diary. Well, when theatre's open, you know, and if there's a match, then that is fixed. You can't change it. And anyway, every, every woman will probably be at a different phase. So how are you going to say when the date is? So, um, but in advance of that, knowing how you are doing, what you can do to arrive there, feeling confident that you are in the best possible shape you can be, that's probably the most important thing, isn't it? So your work with the Scottish Ballet, you mentioned that you ask the dancers to record how they're feeling, what they're experiencing, and where this falls in their cycle. What can people record in terms of 
measurements that can help them understand themselves is it how tired they are if they've got Mm -hmm. any breast tenderness or um, cramping for example what would you suggest people keep track of at home the sort of the start point remember day one of the of a menstrual cycle is the bleed so the first thing is you record okay uh, I've started bleeding today by the way what this discussion we should make clear is for people who aren't on hormonal contraception okay um you will get to bleed if you're on a combined oral contraception, but that's a withdrawal bleed. It's not your own natural hormone. So anyway, um, so we we are starting to ask the dancers to do that simple thing, just so we know we can see when their how long their cycle is. So that's the first thing, and then already they were already recording uh, wellness scores, uh, uh, perceived exertion, how they're feeling. So then you can match this up. You can put all those bits of information together because at the moment um, there are apps and things for recording your menstrual cycle and then there are also, on the other hand, places where you record your training. Uh, I think probably the training things were designed by men (laughs) because not many of them have the facility to tack on there, you know, your menstrual thing. So it's a bit annoying that they have information in different places anyway so we're trying to change that for example at scottish ballet um to try and put all the information in in one place so it makes it easier for the dancer so yes they would record um any particular menstrual symptoms like breast tenderness or cramps or something like that during the menstrual uh bleed but also just the wellness will will catch any other symptoms you know feeling fatigued or you know, feeling really tired or things like that. So, uh, but you can make, you don't have to have, uh, you know, the the monitoring that we're using at Scottish Ballet. I mean, listen, I've got nothing against the good old fashioned pen and paper, <laughs> you know, if that works for you or whatever works for you or recording it on your phone, I don't, you know, just as you say, because it's, it's strange, you know, you're going to have cycles from like 12 to 51. It's like, oh gosh, I'm feeling really tired today. And it's like, oh yes, that's how I felt last time, you know. So making those connections for yourself, uh, informing yourself uh, so that you're aware. Uh, I think I agree with you. I think that that's really um, the, the way to go. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I think it's interesting as well that when it's for you, you don't have that perspective. So I used to call my mum floods of tears, same day every month. Oh, really? And she'd say, Oh, is your period coming? And I say, <laughs> No, you don't understand. And then of course my period would come. So, like you say, monitoring it and just keeping a track of it can for me lessen anxiety as well, which has been a huge win. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We touched briefly on the fact that this would be different if you are on hormonal contraception. And I did want to talk a little bit about reproductive contraception and the impact it will have, because you've got things from the combined pill, to the progesterone-only pill, to the marina and the implant, and then you've got the coil. Uh-huh. How do these contraceptive tools impact our hormones and our cycles, and what do we need to be aware of because uh-huh. of it? Yeah, sure. Well, the first thing to say, of course, it's every woman's choice to choose what form of contraception they have. So I'm, I'm not making any judgments that this one's better than that, or you are, you shouldn't do that. So that's the first thing to say. But broadly speaking, the contraception divides into barrier methods and hormonal methods. So the barrier methods, condoms, uh, as you said, the copper coil, that's non-hormonal. So those, and of course, that won't in any way interfere with your own, uh, menstrual cycle in terms of its uh, hormone uh, production. So those are those on that side. And then, as you say, then there's a vast array of hormonal contraception available. And I would broadly put them into two categories, either the combined oral, so the pill. Uh, In America, they tend to call it the birth control pill, um, or all the progesterone things. Um, And the progesterone things include tablet it can sometimes be called the mini pill it includes the marina coil like you say that's a a coil with progesterone in it that's slowly released Um, it can also be an injection or an implant for the progesterone okay so um, and the differences between those the combined oral and the progesterone only so the combined oral uh, as the name suggests combined it means it gives you estrogen and progesterone okay but quite high doses so that it suppresses your own Uh, production of your own hormones. That's how it works as a contraception. It stops you doing all those fluctuations I've talked about with the estrogen progesterone. It stops you ovulating. Okay, so that's, uh, uh, and and listen, that's actually sometimes a very good medical choice. Uh, Some women with medical conditions, uh, such as PCOS, such as endometriosis, or just really, really struggling with menstrual problems, really heavy bleeding, real, you know, uh, those sorts of people then actually uh, that the combined oral can be quite a good choice because it sort of sw- because it does switch everything off. The the situation where it is not, well, I was going to say a good choice where it shouldn't be a choice at all is if you don't have regular periods already, and then you take the combined oral because then you have no way of knowing if your own hormones are okay or not. So that's the combined oral. It's it's pretty heavy duty. But, you know, uh, it's obviously um, very reliable, very good and convenient to take. Can I ask a question about the combined contraception? How will that impact how you should exercise throughout the month if your own hormonal system is being suppressed? 
Well, theoretically, theoretically, it should make it easier, shouldn't it? <laughs> theoretically, it should because all your own hormones are switched off and you've just got these ones. However, there have been recent publications um, if you think I've been very evasive, by the way, in this interview, giving hard and fact, oh, you must definitely do strength and conditioning here and then. Uh, the reason I say this is because recently just out there is a study this year which has looked at, reviewed all the papers there are about the effect of the menstrual cycle on performance. And the conclusion was there wasn't anything absolutely concrete apart from maybe the menstrual the menstruation itself causing cramps and everything the reason being because well i'm afraid sorry to sound a little bit feminist about this but the, the research quality is not great um for women okay and defining exactly when you are what of the phases you're calling luteal and follicular etc and uh, also you know because women are so different so that's the one thing. And the same, the same argument applies to the combined oral uh, contraceptive pill. Um, like I said, some, some women who have medical conditions, they take the combined oral, they feel a lot better and they can exercise more effectively, full stop. But for someone that uh, is taking the combined oral purely for contraception, not because they, you know, they've got a problem as such, and, uh, then again, there is mixed evidence. There is, uh, I mean, for, for elite athletes, there are a few points to remember that we know that the combined oral reduces, lowers your testosterone level. And you could argue maybe for a woman having a little bit of testosterone isn't a bad thing if you're an elite athlete, or especially in the, the more the events requiring that, that power. Um, and there are some, uh, some reports saying that maybe it reduces your response to exercise, but I have to, unfortunately come down by saying there isn't conclusive evidence and I, ha I have to resort to the thing it's an individual choice and, and, and reaction for the combined oral so the progesterone as we said it's a coil it can be a tablet it can be an implant an injection all these things um, and that uh, maintains a high level of progesterone all the time okay um, and it doesn't suppress your own internal hormones as much as the combined oral so I suppose you could argue that's a good thing and generally the progesterone only you don't get a bleed from it so for some uh women that's actually a plus uh, because with the combined oral you get a withdrawal bleed that's not your own period um so those are the the two types of hormonal contraception but again if you're going to say oh is this an advantage for exercise if i take the progesterone only i'm afraid we have to go back to our the theme of this interview which is really that <laughs> all women are individual and please uh to quote the Vice Presidents of the Royal College of Obstetrics Gynecology don't treat women as statistics. You're all individuals, right? So, you know, just make, inform yourself, be aware, and figure out what works for you. 100%. I love that quote as well. It's like a bumper sticker. <laughs> and what impact does age or your proximity to going through the menopause or perhaps your experience in perimenopause, what impact does that have on our hormones and, and our movement throughout the month? So um, the menopause is when uh, the ovaries become unresponsive and they, they stop ovulating. That's what menopause is. It's not that you've run out of eggs, by the way. It's just that the ovaries have sort of have enough. It's evolution because after that age, um, you know, it, it's, it could be a little bit uh, not so good to, to uh, become pregnant because you physically as a woman are not ready and also the eggs have sort of gone off a bit maybe. So that's what happens. But in the lead up to that, it's, it's not necessarily a, a sort of an overnight thing. 
from on to off. So the lead up to the ovaries being a little bit sluggish, a little bit recalcitrant, that's, well, that's the perimenopause. And so that means that you won't have the usual um, periodic fluctuation of your hormones. And because you've had this fluctuation of your hormones, hopefully, uh, you know, since the age of 12, then, of course, it's a bit of a shock to the body. Um, and so that's why you feel different. And uh, I think we've all heard about the hot, hot flushes that you get. So your temperature regulation is, is disruptive. It definitely affects your mood. Uh, you know, um, you can be very, really sad one minute for no particular reason in floods of tears. And the next minute you're shouting at people. So it definitely affects your mood. Um, as you may have gathered, I'm slightly speaking from personal experience and also uh, brain fog. Definitely. Um, you know, uh, you know, even if you're a person that makes lists, that was me. And uh, then I would forget what I was meant to be writing down on the list. It became ridiculous. So there are definitely, we know, uh, effects, uh, of the perimenopause and the menopause. And again, you know, because this is, um, these are new symptoms, uh, you know, you might be disencouraged from exercising, you know, uh, you might, it's like if you have pain during your period, your instinct is maybe, oh, I won't exercise. But actually, again, uh, you know, perimenopause and menopause, you know, it's a good time to keep your exercise routines, uh, because number one, it will just help, you know, uh, help, help your brain. But also we know that there's actually physiological reasons for doing exercise because unfortunately as you get older uh your body composition just change and so actually you should do more strength and conditioning as you get older to maintain as far as you can your muscle mass and of course the bones we know that uh when you reach the menopause and the estrogen levels go really really go down then that can affect your bone health so that's another good reason why you should maintain your exercise um to load the skeleton and for your body composition and just you know so you feel so you feel you're, 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 I don't, I don't want to use the word normal, but you know, it is a, it's not a medical condition. It's normal physiology. Your periods will stop. Everyone, your periods will stop at some point. And now that we're all living longer, you know, up to a third of your life as a woman might be spent in the menopause. So, you know, um, it's uh, like everything in life. It's a new challenge, a new chapter, all those things. Um, and exercise definitely should certainly feature in that chapter. There are people like myself who have excruciating periods and the first day I have the hot sweats and I feel mm -hmm. awful and I'm so tired and I can't write more than 100 words in an hour or something ridiculous like that. I normally find by the second day and the third mm -hmm. day that a few of my symptoms have alleviated and my ego really wants to do some form of hard, tough exercise because I mm -hmm. feel like I've just got over this pain yep, and yep. I want to go for it exercising in that way because my brain wants it rather than perhaps my body is ready I know is hard-headed but is it doing our bodies any damage or any extra stress that we really shouldn't be imposing on it I don't think so I think I think you know there's a lot to be said for going on how you feel right I mean what's happened have you have you gone out and exercised hard what what's happened do you do, do you follow that instinct so previously I never did I never exercised on my period I would go for walks or do a little yeah. bit of yoga but nothing hard and I would normally wait until I was very light and using one tampon yeah. perhaps in yeah, the morning yeah. and then done but this cycle that I've just finished mm -hmm. I was in so much pain the first day and the second day I just wanted a hard yeah. workout and I yep. did it and I felt amazing I felt so Brilliant. strong 
Well, there you go. And that's the, that's the answer to your question. If you feel like it, you know, trust your body. I mean, there's, listen, nothing dreadful, you know, unless you do something really, I can't think of something really super crazy, I don't know, uh, climbing up Ben Nevis or something, I don't know, whatever it is. <laughs> um, unless you do something really extreme that you would never normally do, if you suddenly decided you'd run a marathon and you never run more than a K, 1K before, of course, that would be foolish in any situation. But if, I think your example is very good, if you felt that's what you wanted to do and you pitch it to the level where it's something you've done before, you know you can do it, if you sort of mean, don't over, <laughs> overshoot it and it works out fine. I mean, I suppose the only sort of little words of warning there would be if you're still having your period, number one, you'll be losing blood. So, of course, especially in this hot weather, make sure that you're prepared, you know, that you've taken on board some some food beforehand, a snack or meal or whatever it is, and that you're well hydrated. And that if you are going outside to do the, this whatever exercise you want to do, uh, then make sure you, you know, you've got uh, water with you. And also, uh, in terms of your diet, you know, you will be losing blood. So uh, make sure that you're taking on board sufficient iron in your diet. Okay, so I think I think that's a brilliant example. You did it and you felt great, right? So what did you do, by the way? <laughs> I did a strength training workout. I'd seen oh, it on nice. Instagram the day before great. when I was scrolling. I was lying on the bed with a hot water bottle, and it was twenty nine degrees outside. It was so hot. Yeah, but well, it was, listen. It was well, there you go. That's great. So I think if you really like you described there if you feel you want to do it and you don't pitch it too uh, stratospheric something that you you know you can do uh, and you're prepared and you you know you have your water and all this sort of thing then I think that's absolutely fine I mean when I was saying oh it's a good idea to do yoga and stretching that's for the you know that's probably for the you know the day one when you're really feeling like absolutely the hot water bottle you don't want to do anything but if you feel if you feel ready to do it then fine um please do you won't do your body any harm because your body will naturally tell you you know it's like no that was too much no I don't want to do that so I think going on feel is a very uh important thing yeah brilliant well thank you so much for your time Nikki it's been illuminating and I've also asked some personal questions for my own personal yeah, that's fine that's fine <laughs> no, well I think no well I think that's the point though uh, because uh if you're as an individual woman don't be don't be afraid Oh, and thank you very much to Morgan for that one. I really hope you found it useful. So much insight in there. Like the more you find out about hormones, just the more fascinating they are. Um, anyway, if you enjoyed this episode, please remember to rate and review on Apple Podcasts because it really helps other people find the show. Um, and remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so that you never miss an episode. And if you have a goal in mind, let us know what it is. You can either drop us an email or DM us on Instagram. We're at Women's Health UK, letting us know your name and what your goal is and we could help you get there in a future episode i'll be back next week take care guys bye normally being a little extra can be a bit much but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra and United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.